All right, Dr. Woodard, come on up. I said nice things about you, so you can't put me down up here. Okay. Well, I've got to say, brother. There'll be a couple of dollars in your... Okay, we'll take care of that. Open your Bibles, if you would, tonight to John chapter 21. I was kind of apprehensive about being up here tonight after this morning. This young man down here, I could never make the faces that he does. I could never make the sound to do the sound effects that he does. And on top of that, he's a preacher. And I appreciate him so much that God has raised him up to proclaim the Word of God. And I'm glad to see you folks here tonight while people are soaping your windows and uh, TPing the front yard and maybe breaking out some windows. I don't have to worry about that because most of the people where we live are already in bed. Uh, they're in bed or in church. And uh, it, it's good that, that we can come together, especially here tonight. And we're going to be observing the Lord's table in just a few moments. Now, I will tell you this. The message will not be long tonight. I did not get my nap today. And uh, it, it's... Uh, now, once again, when a preacher says that, don't pay attention to it. But tonight we're having the Lord's Supper and the Lord's Table, and uh, I'll try to be brief tonight. And uh, I'm not going to cut short the Word of God, though. And we're going to look in chapter 21 of the, of the book of John tonight. And might I say that this brother touched on, I thought I was going to have to change the, the, the lesson tonight, the, the message tonight. He touched on some of this, and it's going to resemble this just a little bit. And uh, when something like that happens, uh, I know that the Lord's in it. I know that the Lord has uh, drawn attention uh, to what this brother has said this morning, and it was from his word, from God's word. And what we're going to look at tonight is in God's word. And... Uh, we just need to be in tune with the Lord and let God lead our hearts tonight. Chapter 21 of the book of John. After these things, Jesus showed himself, verse 1, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. This man is a man after my heart. He's going to go fishing. I like to fish. And he says, I'm going to go fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. Well, they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Have you noticed that things on the right are usually the best? And uh, I, I, really, I really think today is being, that's being proven today in the world that we live in. But notice, they cast the, he said, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. 
Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fishes which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes. An hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh, and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples, after that he was risen from the dead. Jesus had already been crucified, buried, and resurrected. He was speaking to these men on the shore there of Galilee. Now the Bible there says the Sea of Tiberias. If you'll check, you'll find that the Sea of Tiberias is the Sea of Galilee. In John chapter 21 that we just read, uh, some of his apostles were present there, and they had been fishing all night. This brother touched on some of this this morning in a different uh, book of the, of the Bible, how that uh, these fishermen, they were expert fishermen, and they had been fishing all night long. And as we look at this, they fished all night, and then when morning came, Jesus was standing on the shore, but Jesus was not recognized immediately. He told the apostles to cast their net on the right side of the boat. And there were so many fish that they couldn't bring them into the boat. Now I read later, and we just read this, how that later on they were able to drag the fish. They dragged the fish onto the shore, evidently, with this net. Now we're not to take this for granted because there are certain things that these men evidently were in need of as we're studying this section of Scripture. Peter threw himself in the water as he heard that Jesus was on the shore. I think of Peter as he was there just before our Savior was crucified. How that he had denied him and how that he hung his head in shame the Lord looked at Peter, and the Bible tells me that Peter wept, that Peter was sorry for what had taken place. And as we look at this, some of us need to weep tonight because of our lives, because we may not be serving God to our fullest. I believe that we need to be giving more and more to the Lord each day. I'd like for you tonight to look with me now. Now, I know this is the Lord's Supper tonight, but I'd like for us to look just for a few moments at the Lord's breakfast and see what takes place. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for this privilege. I thank you once again, Lord, for allowing me to be here. I thank you once again, Lord, for allowing me to be able to open the bread of life and share your word with people. Your people tonight, Lord, need you. We need you tonight, Lord. We need you tonight more than any other time in our lives because the days are evil. But Lord, we know you're greater than anything or anyone in this world. And we look to you for our strength 
for the power that comes only from you. And we look to you tonight especially, Lord, as we look into your word, that you would help us to understand. May we glean from your word tonight what you would have for us. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Lord's breakfast. Seven of the Lord's disciples or apostles were discouraged because they had caught no fish. But he reestablished, Jesus did, he reestablished contact with these people, with these seven people that were there. Now, the apostles must have been very hungry. You say, well, how do I know that? First, they had caught no fish. There must have been, I believe, with these apostles, a physical hunger, first of all. These fishermen had toiled strenuously all night long. They had worked hard and had evidently not eaten because they had caught no food. They had caught no fish. And that night, I believe they were very dejected. They were downhearted. But they were hungry. Many people today are working very hard in this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the work, we forget the God of, God of the work. And we sort of just uh, shove him aside. We try to do things a lot of times on our own, and that should never be. We should always depend upon the Lord to take care of the things that we have to do. When we depend upon the Lord, we get more done for him. We need to stay close to the Lord in obedience to him in studying His Word, in prayer. Obedience. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says this, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. First of all, I see there's, there needs to be an obedience to prayer. I believe of to me, the, the, one of the most neglected duties of a Christian today is prayer. We need to be not only in touch with the Lord constantly, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. But I believe there comes a time when we need to go into the prayer closet and we need to fall on our faces to the Lord. Now, if you're not able to do that, you can at least be alone somewhere and talk to the Lord and let Him know all about you. Now, He already knows about you. He already knows the problems that you have. He already knows the successes you have. But He wants you to tell Him about it because He's your Heavenly Father. We need to be in prayer. We need to be obedient to the Lord in prayer. We need to be obedient in, to the Lord in studying His Word. Another area that I believe that we fall short in is studying the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. I firmly believe there would not be so much confusion in churches today if people would simply get into the Word of God and study the book. You say, well, preacher, isn't the... Isn't 2 Timothy, study to show thyself approved, isn't that for, for the pastor? Is it that only for the pastor? That's, that's a pastoral epistle, isn't it? Well, I submit to you tonight that it's not only for the pastor. 
It's for the Sunday school teacher. It's for the bus worker. It's for the evangelist. It's for the youth pastor. It's for the deacons. It's for children's church workers and for everyone else who names the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's everybody. Right. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman. Say, well, I sometimes, I just, I can't do it. I fall asleep. Well, you need to wake up. You need to wake up and you need to keep reading. Pick up where you left off. Keep reading the Word of God. I've had people tell me that. I would study the Bible, but you know, uh, I just fall asleep. I've had people tell me I can't understand the Word of God. Well, maybe you've never been born again. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Once again, the so-called professors of the day, the scholars have got people so scared, and they let people of the churches think that they're so dumb they can't understand this book. Well, I got news for you. When Jesus saved me, He sent the Holy Spirit to live within me. And the Bible tells me that I have the Holy Spirit and He's going to lead me into all truth. And once we get that ingrained in us and understand that, then we'll get busy and get into the Word of God. Now I see something else here that these apostles were possibly, they were hungry. The apostles must have had emotional hunger, hunger from prolonged frustration and failure. After all, they had toiled all night and, and they had caught nothing. John 21, 3 once again said, Peter, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. This would be a blow to the ego of the professional fisherman, as the brother said this morning. These men no doubt had a reputation not only with the people around them, but with each other within that boat. They had caught nothing. But I see also that working hard sometimes, it seems there are no results. We're not to be discouraged, but we're to keep on keeping on. We're not to get discouraged, we're to get encouraged and move with a new zeal each day. And the Bible tells me that I need to have the mind of Christ. In fact, I have the mind of Christ according to the Scriptures, but we need to take advantage of that. John chapter 9 verse 4 says, I must work the works of Him that sent me. Jesus said, While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. And just as God the Father sent Jesus Christ into this world to do a job, to seek and to save those who were lost, to give His life on the cross of Calvary, He's never asked us to go that far to give our lives on the cross of Calvary, but He's given us marching orders to go into all the world and preach and teach Amen. the gospel. Preach and teach, baptizing them. Preach, teach, tell people how to be saved. Show them the way of the cross, and then baptizing them, helping them to understand that it's important for a person after salvation to go down into that what we call the watery grave. And I'm so glad that this baptistry back here is being troubled. I once preached in a church, it was in Ohio, nice church. 
I stood up to preach, and the baptistry was close to where I could see it. And I may have told you this before, but I turned around and I looked, and there seemed to be a scum on top of the water. In other words, the water evidently had been in there for quite a while. I said, uh, as I was preaching, I said, we need to get busy for God. We need to win souls for the Lord. And as I look back, I can see that the baptistry has not been troubled for so, quite some time. They never had me back to preach. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately that night. They caught nothing. Well, I want you to notice something. The Lord had been crucified. He had been buried. And he was resurrected. And these rascals went fishing. It would seem that they had... Uh, turn their back on the Lord and on what God had wanted them to do. But hold on a moment. Before we start accusing these apostles of giving up and going back to their old profession of fishing, let's don't be so rough on these guys because, you see, they did exactly what Jesus had instructed them to do before and after His crucifixion. Now, just after he had instituted the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, he gave instruction to the apostles. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 42, 32. But after he says this, Jesus says this, But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Where were these men at? They were in Galilee. I don't think they knew exactly what was going to take place there. But they knew that the Lord had said, After I'm risen, go into Galilee. And, and not only there in Matthew 28.10, uh, Jesus gives a reminder here. Matthew 28.10, Then Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid, telling the people that, were, that, that, that had seen him after he resurrected there. He said, Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. I believe that these men had done exactly what the Lord wanted them to do. They had gone to Galilee. They were on the Sea of Galilee doing what they had been doing all of their lives, fishing. And Jesus knew where to send them so he could meet them. Jesus knew he was going to be on that shore. He knew these men would be out in that boat. He knew they were going to be fishing. Jesus knows everything. You have some of these characters that tell you that Jesus was a created being. It's the height of hypocrisy. It's the height of heresy. That's the height of idiocy. I said a word, idiocracy. Is that a word? It's not a word, is it? Idiocracy, is that a word, brother? You college man? It is now. <laughs> well... I believe the third thing, the third hunger that was here, the apostles must have been spiritually hungry. Separation from Christ will produce spiritual hunger. Jesus had told these apostles in John 15, he tells us today, everyone, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. How empty our lives are without the presence of Christ. 
Now the psalmist said this in Psalm 119, 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. And you know what David said? The man after God's own heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, Psalm 51, 10. Just a few moments, we're going to be partaking of the Lord's table, the supper of the Lord. We're looking at his breakfast right now where he provided the fish. You say, well, I thought they dragged the fish in and he cooked it. No, if you'll read it, you'll see the Lord already had the fish there. He already had the bread. He had everything that was necessary for a breakfast. Now, I want you to listen to something that C.H. Spurgeon had to say. A backslider, if there be a spark of life left in him, will groan after restoration. In this renewal, the same exercise of grace is required as at our conversion. We needed repentance then. We certainly need it now. And might I stop there and say that many churches have stopped preaching repentance. Many churches have stopped preaching that a person needs to have a change of mind coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, realizing they can't save themselves, but they need Jesus Christ to take them to heaven. They're not righteous. They do not measure up. I believe when the person realizes that, it comes from the head, and the heart goes to the the heart goes to the head, the head goes to the heart. I believe it's something that needs to be taught in our churches today, preached upon. We wanted faith that we might come to Christ at first, only the like grace, Spurgeon goes on to say, that can bring us to Jesus now. We wanted a word from the Most High, a word from the lip of the loving one to end our fears then. Uh, we shall soon discover when under a sense of present sin that we need it now. And might I say tonight, before we come to this table tonight, we need to have things right with the Lord. We need to look to Him before the time that we partake of the elements of this supper tonight. Well, Spurgeon had much more to say but he quoted David, the psalm that I just read, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Do you mean that if a person who is saved and comes and partakes of, of this supper tonight, if, if they partake and they have sin in their lives, that they're going to lose their salvation. That's not what the Bible's telling us here. The Bible says if you eat and drink unworthily, you drinketh damnation to yourself, not discerning the Lord's body. May I give you a definition of what I believe this means? Drinking unworthily. If you have received Christ as Savior, and you have unconfessed sin in your life, you need to ask God's forgiveness for anything that is not right in your life. Not to be saved again, but because you are saved. Well, what does that mean? If you are saved, I believe this word damnation does not mean you're going to go to hell. The Bible doesn't teach that. We're saved forever as a saved person. But notice this. 
1 Corinthians 11.30 says, For this cause many are weak, and sickly among you, and many sleep. Damnation. Weak, sickly, sleep. I believe this is possibly an early death for those who take the Lord's Supper unworthily. But what's the cure? I think many in here know the cure. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How gracious the Lord is when we have strayed out of His will. And then He says, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, the Lord's breakfast. But let's look further now into the Lord's Supper, if I might. Like the Lord's breakfast, the Lord's Supper is designed to meet the soul's deepest hunger. Just as the Lord invited the apostles come and dine in John 21 and verse 12, He invites His chosen people come and dine. You remember that song, Come and Dine? Do you remember that song? Christ's chosen people are those who have trusted Him as Savior. So what this tells me is this. The Lord's table is for the Lord's people. It's for believers only. Believers take the bread in remembrance of Him. Luke twenty-two nineteen says, And He took bread and gave thanks and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is My body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of Me. Now the pastor, no doubt, will go over these once again as we prepare to take the Lord's elements tonight, the supper. But the first thing I want you to see here is that in remembrance of Him, but there's also something else. Believers take the cup in remembrance of the remission of sin. We're so fortunate that when we get saved, that God doesn't say, I'm simply going to place a covering over your sin, I'm going to take it away. It's gone. Amen. It's gone. Well, you say, well, you just said that we need to have things right with God before we come to before Him. When we have sin in our lives, it breaks the fellowship. We've drifted away from the Lord. And the Lord says, I want you back. I want you to be with me in fellowship. I want to have fellowship with you. And might I say this, another reason that we don't sometimes understand the Word of God is because we've drifted away from Him. Matthew 26, 28, For this is my blood, He says, of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I see that the believers tonight gather to observe the Lord's Supper for fellowship as well. Matthew 18, 20 says, For two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Believers also gather together to remember our Lord and to show His death until He comes for us. Would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11? First Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 25 and 26. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Some people tonight receive the Lord's Supper thinking it's going to give them salvation. Some people tonight will march up and have a fellow place something on their tongue and say it's the Lord's body. It's actually the flesh of the Lord. Some people tonight will sip the wine, true wine, I believe, fermented wine. I'm not saying about our church or a church that believes the Word of God. I'm talking about people who believe that the wine actually becomes the blood of Christ. I asked one lady, I said, how does that happen? How does it turn into the blood? How does that turn into the, the flesh of the Lord? She said, I don't know. I said, well, what happened? She said, it's blessed, and it actually turns into it. I said, have you ever stuck your finger with a needle or something and kind of put it in your mouth like that and taste it? I said, what was it? She says, blood. I said, did it taste like blood? Yeah. I said, does the wine taste like blood when you drink it? Then it's not blood. I said, is Jesus Christ, are you trying to tell me that Jesus Christ was a cannibal, that he ate his own flesh and drank his own blood when he instituted the Lord's Supper? You see how silly that is? But people actually believe that. The call goes out tonight, and the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The Spirit says, Come tonight. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart right now. You say, how do I know that? Because the Word of God says that when His Word goes out, it will not return void. He says, you need to come to me tonight if you've never trusted me as Savior. The Spirit says, come. The bride says, come. The church says, come. Maybe everybody here tonight is saved. I don't know. Maybe everybody's on their way to heaven. I don't know. God knows, and you know, if you've never trusted Him as your Lord and Savior. But this church prays for you. This church prays that people would come to a saving knowledge. Maybe you're watching tonight by live stream and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says to as many as that comes to Him, He will in no wise cast out. The Bible says you must realize you're a sinner, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God according to His Word. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one, and that includes you if you've never been saved. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're in this building tonight and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this may be your last opportunity. I don't say that to scare you. I say that because it may be true. We don't know. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. We're not promised tomorrow. But God wants every person in this building and every person who's watching to receive His Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. Do you know that when a person gets saved, there's so many things that takes place. And I believe, once again, we have eternal life. We're staying out of hell when we get saved. 
But one of the greatest things that encourages me is that there's joy in heaven over one soul, over one soul that repents and comes to Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus says, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you know him tonight as your Savior? Just a few moments, we're going to have partake of the Lord's table. You as an unsafe person, Jesus said you cannot partake of his table because the Lord's table is for his people. It's for us, those people of us who have trusted him as Lord and Savior. Let me say one more thing. When the Lord's Supper was ended, and the preacher ends this like this, the Lord's table when we have it, when it was ended in the upper room, the Bible tells us in Mark 14, 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. They sung a hymn. And, and you know, it, it's striking to me that the only recorded instance of Jesus singing in the New Testament was after he instituted the Lord's Supper. And this was just before he went to the cross. He was singing. And how after... Uh, when we think of this, however, when he comes again, he's going to sing joyfully in the midst of his redeemed people. So how do you know that? The Bible tells me so. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. With singing. Two times we read of it. Tonight, God wants to rejoice with us as we reverence Him, as we come forward tonight, as the deacons, as those who distribute these elements, as they are passed out. You need to realize what a great privilege it is as a child of God to be able to do what Jesus wants you to do tonight, to be partaking of his table. He instituted this for us just before he went to the cross. And you know, just as he told the apostles that night, he said, I'm not going to partake of this until I see you afresh in heaven. I believe that that's us as well. It's good to be here tonight, but it's going to be much better when we're with Jesus in glory. Would you bow with me in prayer?